0: Thanks for joining us. We are recording this in April of 2021. And welcome to episode 44, Let Them Learn Part 2. Here's a disclaimer. If you haven't listened to episode 43, listen to that one first. Originally, we actually recorded this as one episode. However, it was so long, we had so so much to say (laughs) that we decided to break it up into two parts.
1: Enjoy listening to part two. Once we stop lecturing, we have to also stop teaching to a test. Yes.
0: As we mentioned. (laughs) As I grit my
1: teeth while I say that. As we mentioned, we
0: are in testing season. (sighs) That seems to be really weighing heavily on both of us as we were kind of talking before this episode. It's just, it's. Ugh, just stop teaching. Please stop teaching to the test. The test is not the end-all, be-all. Mm-hmm. It really isn't. And what I'm talking about, even formative assessment, the teachers are teaching to tests and and summative assessments teaching to a okay, test. Okay, let's
1: go back to those formative assessments and the creation of, quote, study guides. Oh, Lord. If I see one more study guide yeah. that literally the person just... Took the test, replace the numbers.
0: Well, and that's that's what review has become as well. You're right. It it's become. I'm going to take the question from the test, mm-hmm. change the the numbers, maybe change the name too, right? Maybe, but maybe not. <laughs> and maybe
1: change the units. Yeah, if there are some some units, mm-hmm. and that's the review. Like, how is that a review?
0: It's Do, giving the test. Don't that's you want exactly. giving the test.
1: Just don't give that other test. That's you're you're finding out right then and there if the students know it or not. I mean, really. So let's talk about drill and kill versus practice. My niece, yeah. It, she actually homeschools her kids. Okay. And in a text message that I have going with her and my mom and myself, we were talking my my niece asked me something about one of those tutorial places, after-school tutorial places. Oh, yes, yes. And I said, oh, yes. I'm very familiar with them. Mm-hmm. All they do is drill and kill. And then I went down a, a line and I put, sigh. Right? Yes. And she came back with, drill and kill? I've never even heard of that before. Oh, my god! Because how would she? Right. Right? But drill and kill. Let's talk about drill and kill versus well, practice. I mean,
0: really, there is. I feel like And I feel like this is where, as math teachers, there's the two sides. Yep. And we. The math wars. Yes, the math wars. And we end up on one side or the other. The idea that kids need constant repetition and practice in order to be successful at math. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to fluency, back to being able to know their facts quickly. Come on, come on, come on. Be able to tell us. Uh, and that doesn't make a good mathematician. That's that's testing their memory, right? But that's not testing if they understand math. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm gonna refer to Joe Bowler, of course, uh, here the big guns. because uh, you can't just take our word for it. We're just we're just teachers. I nope, don't mean nope, and I don't no. mean it like that. <laughs> We're not supposed to say that. Okay, all right, all right. I'm we not to say that. We are awesome teachers. <laughs> she has done the research here. Yep. We haven't. You don't have to just take our word for it. Right. I'm, I'm going by research. I'm mm-hmm. going by what the science tells us. Okay. And Jo says in her book, Limitless Mind, which if you have not read, please go out and get it right now. I'll it is, link it in the show notes. It is a gem of a book. The common belief is that getting most answers correct will motivate students toward greater success. Here's the problem, though. Getting questions right is not good brain exercise. For students to experience growth, they need to be working on questions that challenge them. Questions that are at the edge of their understanding, and that's on page forty-nine. Okay,
1: and we're going to come back to that paragraph. Yes,
0: and, and what I what I really want everyone to take away from that is is the fact that doing twenty questions, thirty questions, is not good for brain development for brain like as a good mathematical exercise it's just not effective what also is i mean are you going to look over their shoulder and make sure they're doing
1: every single problem correct because as you and i both know you give 20 30 problems and a kid does 20 30 problems the wrong way yeah then it takes you weeks for them to unlearn it. yes you know yes where less is more and it's the good less you got
0: to pick the right kind of problems right the textbook is not right. your bible and and i want to go i want to kind of go back to this idea that just because they get the question right doesn't doesn't give you really good information no. so if you have a kid if you're just looking at a computer screen mm-hmm. and going back to my reflection today if you're just looking at a computer screen and you only see this one little part of them mm-hmm. that they that they do poorly on assessments you know on formative assessments or or they do great on the on the unit assessment mm-hmm. that doesn't tell you what they know and what they don't know yep it and I'm going to quote Marilyn Burns here. I was listening to a podcast and I tweeted about it. Mm-hmm. She was on a podcast. She says, Marilyn Burns says, The right answer can mask confusion and the wrong answer can also hide understanding. And I think that that is so powerful to remember because if you don't know those students in your room, mm-hmm. the computer, what they get on those scores and the computer print out, It won't tell you. Nope. Which I think is one of the reasons why
1: one of our math practices is to have kids be able to critique the reasoning of others and justify their answers. Yeah. Yes. I mean, show us what you mean. Yes. Show us what you know. Not show your work. Right. I really don't care about your work. I want to hear what you have to say. What's going on in your brain. Yes. Because I can't read your mind.
0: Yeah. And even when they show their work, there's things that they're omitting absolutely i want to hear you know and i we get to hear some of that in number talks because we ask them how did you get that you know how did you get to that Mm what how did you how were you able to jump from here to this from this step to this step what was going through your mind yep and making that visible to kids is really helpful but but listening to it as a teacher is i think even more beneficial because you absolutely you you just, you get to
1: learn how their minds work. Yep. Again, we're going to keep talking about assessment. I feel like it's a, a circle and we're, we're coming full circle.
0: Right. Because if you're not teaching to a test, mm-hmm. then how are you going to assess? Or if you're not taking that test as as black and white, right? right? right. As, as if this child is failing this assessment, then that means they are, they don't understand the curriculum. Mm-hmm. Then what do we do? Mm-hmm. If we're not, if we're not taking that assessment, what do we do? We sit next
1: to a kid <laughs> and we listen to what they have to say, right? Yeah.
0: And we encourage making mistakes. Oh my we gosh. We encourage them so much to so. talk and discuss and collaborate and, and build on each other's ideas and come up with their own creative ways mm-hmm. and test those ways out. Does that work every time or is this, is this just a specific case? We were doing a number talk Mm -hmm. and it was eight times three fourths.
1: Yes.
0: And of course there was this, you know, the standard the standard procedure, which is write the eight over one One. times three fourths. (laughs) Multiply across. But I had a student who made this amazing discovery. (laughs) And they noticed that when you have a whole number and you're multiplying it by a fraction, you can flip-flop the whole number and the numerator.
1: Yes, gotcha.
0: So instead of saying 8 times 3 fourths, 8 times 3 fourths is the same as 3 times 8 fourths. And now look at what happens. <laughs> What's 8 fourths? 2. 2. It's 3 times 2. Oh, yay. Which is 6. 6. Did they do a visual model for that? I know we were, we didn't, but it was like, wow, look at that. I wonder. I if don't you I get don't, a kid to do that. I would, I, I would have to try it out. I don't know. Oh yes. We'll do that right after this episode. Okay. No, I <laughs> we'll want you to have out. a kid do it. I know, but I want him to do it too. I'm curious. We talked about this two episodes ago. We have to have this passion mm-hmm. for math that when a kid discovers something like this or makes some kind of makes a statement like, "Oh, a is connection that, is that a, true? Is that yes. does, oh, that, like a does that work? Huh? I'm gonna have to try this out over lunch. Oh my and gosh! See, right?
1: You totally just reminded me something that happened today. Tell me in a fourth grade class. I, we were doing which number line in uh-huh. our routine. Yes, and it was the one that had the number is two. Okay. okay, and there's three different number lines. Which number line has it? How do you know? Do other nine number lines have it? How do you know? The first number line had the endpoints of zero and ten. Okay. The second number line had the endpoints of zero and six, and the third number line had the endpoints of one and three. Okay. So of course, I'm giving everybody think time and whatnot, we get through the third one pretty easily right one question I always ask them is what are we measuring from this tick mark to this tick mark yes you know praying that somebody says the distance between or the space between and somebody did today and I was like oh yay good (laughs) the heavens opened however this one student said we were talking about the midpoints and he said well every midpoint is halfway between the endpoints Meaning, like, it's half the number of whatever's on the ends, kind of thing. And I was like, really? Let's test that out. So I drew another number line up above. Yeah. And I put, wait, let me think. I put five mm-hmm. and eight as the endpoints. And I was like, so what's the midpoint? And I, of course, I did that purposefully because right. fourth graders, you need to know fractions and everything. And pulling teeth but somehow we finally got to <laughs> six and a half and so i said okay so w- how far is it from five to six and a half and somebody said one and a half and i said so how far is it from and of course i'm drawing on the board right, and everything. right right how far is it from six and a half to eight and they said one and a half so i was like huh and we didn't have time to keep going but i think to ignite the passion of learning just as we're talking about it is to have the kids become curious. Yeah. Right? The whole I notice, I wonder yes. thing. The whole curiosity path. Like, we have to get the kids curious. Yeah. I don't care, listener, if you like math or not. Fake it. I don't I don't you care. You have
0: to. You have to. Well, I, I mean, to be fair, I think if they're listening to are yeah, podcast you're right, about they, math, I think they probably like math.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, tell your friends to fake it then. <laughs> If they feel like math isn't their forte yeah. yet.
0: <laughs> I want to share another quote from from Joe Bowler's book. It, it's this idea of assessment. Mm-hmm. It goes back to this of when you establish that classroom culture of, you know, it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to be wrong and it's okay to, to try, you know, these different things. It is defeating to get a test oh. score yep. back. Yep. Here's what she says. Or you see that color on, you know, the kids pull it up themselves and they see the red. Even when the message is phrased more powerfully that mistakes are good not only for learning but for brain growth and connectivity, it is hard for teachers to send it in a system in which they are made to give students tests that penalize them every time they make a mistake. And that's on page 56.
1: I'm telling you, once I win the billion dollar lottery and build my own school, I think I've decided if I have to have official report cards, you're only going to get two a year. okay? And it's either going to say, got it or not yet. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because we're all still learning. We're all still learning. Listeners, our challenge for you this week is to sit next to a student and listen to their thinking. Have them explain with words and or pictures what's going on in their brain i really would love for you to take a picture of just one student's work of whatever they've seen that would be so awesome And tag us on twitter i mean really let's let's get assessing out of the black and white test and listen to what kids have to say
0: thanks for joining us
1: We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. We invite you to join the conversation on Twitter by using the
0: hashtag learningthroughmath. We'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure to tag us at Laura and Karina. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. To you too.